of Elder Parker, Sister Parker. Glad they're with us. And uh, he says it's his home away from home. And uh, he's got homes homes everywhere. And, uh, and uh, Jigger, Florida, Missouri. And uh, you just got to catch him where he's at. Hallelujah. But good to have him tonight. Once again, good to have all of our visitors. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, if you got your Bibles, I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to just read one verse of Scripture and uh, get into the word of the Lord. And uh, hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Man, how many enjoyed Sunday, Brother Joel Sampson? Hallelujah. Brother Joel Sampson, man, he preached to us. Appreciate Brother Joel Sampson from Dyersburg, Tennessee, Brother Hueys. And, man, it was just an honor for him to be here, enjoy the fellowship. And uh, looking forward to Sunday, this Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Brother Wayne Riley will be preaching for us. Brother Wayne Riley will be here ministering to us Sunday morning, Sunday night. Looking forward to that. But tonight, you get old faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, and, uh, but 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. I want to preach to us just for a little bit about hold on. Hold on. Hallelujah. You can be seated. It was on September 2nd, 1987. There was a flight from Eastern, from, uh, with Eastern Express Airlines left Portland, Maine, heading to Boston, Massachusetts. The pilot and the co-pilot thought that they had heard a strange sound coming from the back of the plane. Shortly after takeoff, the pilot, Henry Dempsey, decided to investigate. And as he reached the tail section, the plane hit an air pocket and Dempsey was tossed against the rear door and he quickly discovered the source of the noise. The rear door had not been properly latched prior to takeoff and it suddenly flew open. Henry was instantly sucked out of the jet. The co-pilot seeing the red light Indicating an open door, radioed the nearest airport, requesting permission to make an emergency landing. He reported that the pilot had fallen out of the plane and he requested a helicopter search of that area of the ocean that they was over. After the plane landed and the ground crews made an astonishing discovery and what they found was not only remarkable, but it was also almost unbelieving. It was borderline on the miraculous. They found Henry Dempsey holding on to the outdoor ladder of the aircraft. Somehow, after being sucked out of the airplane while falling to his death, he had caught hold of the ladder and he held on for over 10 whole minutes as the plane flew over 200 miles per hour at an altitude of over 4,000 feet. And then when the plane landed while traveling close to 100 miles per hour, Henry's head was within six inches of being slammed into the ground. It took airport personnel over several, several minutes to pry Henry's fingers loose from the ladder that he was hanging on to. He was holding on with everything that he had and probably with more strength than what he ever knew that he had. Why? Because he was desperate. He was going to do whatever it took to hold on. 
The winds were against him. They knocked him around, but yet he held on. But far beyond the limits of his physical capability, when his strength was used up, when his adrenaline was exhausted, there was something within the mind of him that simply shut down the ability to let go. Against all odds, he held on to the plane. Somewhere in the back of his mind, Henry Dempsey understood through his terror and exhaustion, if I hold on, I live. If I let go, I die. So what am I gonna do? I'm just going to hold on. Woo! I come to preach to us tonight that we're just gonna have to hold on. I believe this was what Apostle Paul was talking to uh, when he was telling Timothy to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold on to eternal life. I believe Apostle Paul's advice to Timothy is exactly what the Spirit is speaking to the church today. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to hold on. We're in the fight for our lives. We're just fighting against spiritual warfare. We're fighting against things that we don't truly understand. We're fighting against pandemics and sicknesses that is constantly threatened to shut down our ability to come together as the church. Hell will do whatever it takes to keep you away from the house of God. Why? Because he knows when you are on your own and when you are isolated by yourself, it's a whole lot easier to rob you of eternal life. It's a whole lot easier to rob you of what this God, the great God, has given you. I come to tell you tonight, hold on. I come to tell you tonight, we're almost there. We're in the birthing pains of the rapture. You just gotta hold on until it gets here. Don't isolate yourself. Don't fall away from the church, but find a way to get to the church. Find a way to get involved. Find a way to hold on. What are you talking about, preacher? This fight will never end. Right now, it's COVID, and it's been COVID. Tomorrow, it's gonna be something else. This world will always be and a hostile environment of our faith. This world will always be the arena for a struggle between the spiritual life that has been born within us and against the carnal man that seeks to kill us. You shall never graduate from this great fight that we're fighting today. But you gotta just keep on fighting. You just gotta keep on holding on. Oh God, whatever comes my way through the dark times, through the bad times, I'm just gonna keep on holding on. What are you talking about, preacher? Somebody said the other day, he said that I have seen the righteous struggle and I've seen the righteous stumble and I've even seen the righteous suffer, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging bread. It might be dark today. It might be the storm of life against you today, but I'm telling you something. Peace is on the way. If you just hold on. The miracle is on the way. If you could just hang on. One old timer said, if you can stand the pulling, God is gonna pull you through. There will always be an enemy contending against you. There will always be evidence that confronts you. This world will always be an atmosphere that is not conductive to your faith. Faith demands a fight. Faith demands that you ignore what your eyes see. 
Faith demands that you ignore what human knowledge says. Faith demands that you lay hold on that which you cannot see. Faith inspires you to believe that this world is not all that it's supposed to be. And we're just, tra- we're just travelers and pilgrims passing through. We're not of this world. We might be in this world, but we're not of this world. I'm just passing through. I know my treasure's laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I'm striving and I'm fighting. I've laid hold and I'm not letting go. What are you talking about, preacher? There's only two eternal entities in this world. The first is your soul. You're going to live forever somewhere. The second is the church. The church is the only institution in this world that will survive into eternity. The enemy of your soul understands something. If he can cut you off from the church, he can claim your eternal soul. That's what we're fighting for here. It's bigger than the pandemic. It's bigger than the struggles of life. It's bigger than a little compromise here and there or things concerning holiness. It's bigger than that. And it takes that, but it's bigger than that. What are you talking about? This is about your soul. This is about eternity. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight the good fight? Are you gonna run this race? Not just to run, but I'm running to win. I'm running to obtain a prize. What are you talking about? This is about eternity. This is about the spiritual. Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against spiritless rulers of the darkness of this world. We're wrestling against the things that we don't understand. This is the battle of the spiritual. And make no mistake, it's not just a little wrestling match. This is not just a little sparring match. But brother, this is a fight. This is the battlefield. And you come out here and you're ready to spar around. I promise you one thing. You're going to take a good whooping. The devil's going to take hold on you and do it very quickly. But you better come out into the arena of life and realize one thing. Devil, I've come out to fight. I've come out to hold on. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go of the ladder of life. I'm not going to let go. Whatever comes my way, I'm holding on. What are you talking about, preacher? We gotta be committed through the exhaustion of our bodies. And I know many of you is tired in this building today, working all day, coming to the house of God. And no doubt you're tired and ready to get in bed and got a few more days ahead of you. But I come to tell you today, you gotta hold on. Don't let this thing of this old world, all the things in this old world get a hold on you and start dragging you down. He said, lay aside the weights and the sins. There's some things in this old world, they might not be a sin, but I come to tell you today, they're a weight and they're weighting you down. And you can't fight the good fight of faith being weighted down and pulled back and pulled this way and pulled that way. But let me tell you something, brother, you better lay it aside and pick up that word of God. Lay a hold to the church. Lay a hold to the things that's gonna get you out of here. We need a fresh perspective on the daily battle that we face. Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy and he's telling him with the same urgency that this man had to have holding on to that airplane. If I let go, I'm gonna die. If I let go of this, I'm gonna die. 
I'm going to tell you something, sir. I'm going to tell you something, ma'am. The moment you let go of the church, you're going to die. The moment you let go of your prayer life, you're going to die. The moment you let... Say, well, it's just Wednesday night church. It's just it's just Monday night prayer meeting. I'm gonna tell you something. Monday night prayer meeting is crucial to you and your family. Wednesday night church is crucial to you and your family. Why? It's gonna help you hold on. It's you gotta get this. You gotta hold on no matter the cost. Hold on to eternal life. Our text, I feel like sometimes the urgency gets lost in the reference of Paul is making with the struggle of life and death. It gets lost in laying hold on to eternal life. It gets lost in, man, lay hold on to eternal life. And man, we brush right by it. We go right by it. And if we're not careful, we lose what Apostle Paul is trying to drive in to Timothy. He's wanting Timothy to know. Timothy, the most important thing is laying hold on eternal life. You gotta fight this good fight of faith. You gotta contend for the gospel. What them old elders preached to you in times past. What them old apostles put in you in times past. You gotta lay hold on to that and never let it go. This is it. This is crucial. It's what's gonna get you out of here. It's what's gonna save you and your family. Don't let it go, Timothy. Gotta hold on to it, Timothy. And I said it before there was something in Apostle Paul he was one to drive something in Timothy and he said preach the word Timothy be instant in season and out you gotta hang on what are you talking about it's life and death if you hold on or if you let go there's nothing, there's nothing passive about this. You can't just hang on with a casual approach or a casual way. You just can't casually stroll in. You can't casually live for God. You can't casually uh, be saved. You're either in or you're out. You're either saved or you're unsaved. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either a sheep or you're a goat. You're either a tare or you're a wheat. You're either light or you're darkness. I think too many times we patty cake around and we burp this thing. Oh, come on. Oh, it's gonna be okay. And we try to pacify and shove a pacifier in its mouth sometimes. But I come to tell you today, it's repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you gotta receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking of other tongues. There's no in-between. Uh, there's no little shelf or no, no second dimension of heaven. If you don't make it, if you don't hear him say, enter in, thou good and faithful, you're gonna hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. There's no in-between. He said, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. We just want to casually live for God. Casually. What are you talking about? This world is constantly attacking your faith. Your circumstances are continually attacking your faith. Your worldly associations are continually attacking your faith. The company that you keep is attacking your faith. The things that you allow in your life are attacking your faith. 
This is why Paul is telling Timothy, you got to fight the good fight of faith. You got to lay hold on to eternal life. There's some principles here. You can't just casually be a Christian. You just can't casually be saved. But if you're going to be saved, it's going to take a fight, brother. If you're going to make it to heaven, it's going to take a fight, sister. You're going to have to fight the good fight. You're going to have to hold on with everything that's within you. What are you talking about? You're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to be protective and proactive the associations that you keep you might need to get rid of some of them oh yeah there's some things that you probably need to get on out of your life put down them controllers and pick up the word of God put down your phone and pick up the word of God oh come on come on when's the last time that you read your bible dad when's the last time you read your bible mama when's the last time dad that you got the family around does your kids even know what your favorite bible verse is in the bible mama does your babies know what your favorite bible verse of scripture is in the bible I'm going to tell you something you're going to have to hold on you're going to have to hold on you're going to have to hold on things that we have allowed has crept in over time they come against us they've hardened our hearts they've got between us and God we can't afford to lose our grip on the ladder elder We've got to hold on. What are you talking about? Revelations chapter 3 and verse 11 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no man may take your crown. This, is, this ain't Apostle Paul talking here. This ain't John the Revelator talking. This is Jesus Christ talking. And he's telling them, Hold fast that which you have. Hold fast that which has been given to you. And don't let no man take your crown. Don't let the enemy of life come in and take your crown. Don't let the enemy of life come in and sow tares among the wheat. Don't let the enemy of life come in and sow things that seem so important today, but tomorrow they ain't gonna be important. You're gonna wish you had laid them down and put them aside and picked up this word of God and said, you know what, God? This is what's gonna get us out of here. This is what's gonna preserve us. This is what's gonna keep us in the hour of tribulation. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about holding on. When I think about holding on, my mind automatically goes to Jacob. And Jacob, he had finally left Laban's house and he had left and he was on his way back and he had heard about his brother Esau. Esau was spotted approaching with an army of over 400 men, strong men. The Bible said that he sent everyone away and he spent the night alone. His, his intentions was just having a little prayer meeting. I gotta get a hold of God. There's some things coming down the road that's, that's gonna hurt us. It's gonna, it's gonna kill me if I don't get a hold of God. I come to tell you tonight, I'm gonna throw this little nugget in. There's some things coming down the road, sir and ma'am, that's gonna kill you if you don't get a hold of God, if you don't get a hold of the prayer, if you don't get a hold of your worship, and you don't get a hold of the preaching, you don't get a hold of the church and your pastor. There's things coming down the pike that's gonna separate you in this house of God. It's the devil's intent. He said that he come to seek, kill, and destroy. He's not satisfied with you coming and being a casual Christian but he wants to seek and kill and destroy you and your family 
Suddenly that door had flew open on Jacob. Suddenly he's holding on to the ladder of life. He's confronted. He begins to pray. He begins to roll around and get sweaty and dirty. The Bible said that he began to wrestle. Begin to wrestle. He began to struggle. And as he began to struggle, he said, let me go. He said, no, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. You got to let me go. Sun's coming. No, huh? I'm not got my blessing yet. I've not got what I need yet. I got to get what I need. What are you talking about? Jacob understood this was more than just a wrestling match. This was more than just a casual exchange. This was something that he had to have. There was something that he had to do. He had to have the breakthrough. He had to hold on. He had to get what he needed. You need to come to this church, not just tonight, but every night that you come to church. And you need to make up your mind. This is not just a wrestling match. This is just not Wednesday night prayer or Wednesday night service. This is not just Monday night prayer meeting Sunday morning or Sunday night routine. But let me tell you something. This is a fight. This is holding on to the good fight of faith. I'm holding on to heaven. I'm holding on to God. I'm not going to let go till I get what I need. What are you talking about? There was something that was telling him Jacob, if you let go, you're gonna die. Your brother's gonna kill you. You ain't gonna make it out of this battle. You ain't gonna make it out of this fight. Oh, there's things that's in your spirit and it's telling you, if you let go, you ain't gonna make it. The pull of the world has been pulling at you. It's been drawing you. Why? Because he knows he has just a short time to work and he's working overtime. He's doing everything that he can. But let me tell you something. With all the strength that's within you, with all the fervency that's within you, you need to make your way to the altar and say, God, I'm holding on. I'm not gonna let go. I'm not gonna let go, God. I'm falling in love with you. I gotta be saved. I gotta be saved. What are you talking about? And God held on to Jacob. What are you saying? We often preach, and I preach it so many times and have preached it, that he was holding on to him, and he was. But let me tell you something, God was holding on to Jacob as well. What are you talking about? You can't tell me that any moment, any given moment, that God couldn't stop that wrestling match. You're talking about the God that strung the, the stars into the heavens, that separated light from darkness, sea from land. You're talking about the man that made the walls of Jericho fall down. You're talking about the man that gave Samson the strength to pick up the gates of the city and pack them away. Any given time, that he wanted to, he could have stopped that wrestling match. But there was something on the inside of God that was saying, okay, honey, okay, sir, if you're gonna hold on to me, I'm gonna hold on to you. If you cling to me, I'm gonna cling to you. If you trust in me, I'm gonna trust in you. If you take one step, I'll take two. If you believe in me, I'm gonna believe in you. If you love me, I'll love you. What are you talking about? We're in a warfare. We're in a crisis. But I'm telling you today, as long as you're determined to hold on to him, he's gonna be determined to hang on to you. What are you talking about? John chapter 10 says in verse 27 through 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Oh, come on. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Ain't nobody gonna take them away from me. 
Ain't nobody going to pluck them out of my hand. I come to tell you today, as long as you hold on to him, he's going to hold on to you. You might feel like Peter today, and you might be shrinking still, sinking to the bottom, and you might have been walking on the water for so long, and everything going your way, and you felt like you had the world by the tail, and all of a sudden, the ways of life has come in on you, and you feel like that you can't get ahead. Everything you do turns against you, and where's it going to end? But I'm going to tell you something. All you got to do is say, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. I'm holding on to you. I ain't going to let go. I'm not turning go. I'm not letting go. The daily struggle of living for God, it's going to get more intense as these days go. I know you think that, man, if we get the right president, this thing is going to turn around and we're going to become a Christian nation again. I come to tell you today, no matter who gets it, Republicans, Democrats, whoever it is, this is just Bible prophecy coming to pass. Bible prophecy saying as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah that's the way it's going to be in the days of the coming of the son of man I'm going to tell you today uh, it's just going to happen it's just Bible prophecy coming to pass it's just going to get harder in the days and hour that you're living and I'll come to tell you today if you're having trouble today living for God how, how are you going to contend if you can't walk with the, with the footmen how are you going to run with the horses how are you going to run when overswelling of Jordan what's going to happen when tribulation hits what's going to happen when you're in the fight for your life and they're persecuting you for righteousness sake oh I'm going to tell you we're going to want to cling to the church we're going to have to hold on say well preacher I believe in I believe in the pre-rapture. I believe we're going out before tribulation. Well, honey, I'm gonna tell you, you better should and you better get your bags packed because you should be leaving. Matter of fact, you should have done left. Because uh, I'm gonna tell you, uh, the elder preachers, we're gonna face a little bit. You're gonna face a little bit of the trouble and the circumstance. Uh, you're gonna face a little bit of this trouble and trials uh, that we're gonna face. I come to tell you today, what are you gonna do when they start saying, hey, are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? Are you apostolic? Are you gonna stand and look him right in the wide of the eyeball and say, yeah, you know what? I am a child of God. I'm holding on to the unchanging hand. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm holding on. Well, what are you talking about? The Navy SEALs, they have a saying, the only easy day was yesterday. The only easy day was yesterday. I like to tell you, it's gonna get easy. I like to tell you, it's gonna be a bed of roses. But I come to tell you today, it's gonna get a little harder. It's gonna get a little rougher. It's gonna get a little meaner. The fight's gonna end. It's, it, this fight's picking up. It's intensifying. Oh, we're done. We're already through the footmen. And we're in the year of the horses. Oh, the overswelling of Jordan's coming. And what are you gonna do? If you're getting tired and lax and getting lazy now, what are you gonna do when the overswelling of Jordan? Oh, when the man of sin is revealed and when there's chaos and trouble in the land, what are you gonna do? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hold on to the ladder. I'm gonna hold on to the ladder, young men. I'm not gonna be swayed by every wind of doctrine that comes along. Young lady, I'm not gonna be swayed by every wind of doctrine that comes along. What's the spirit of the Antichrist? What is it gonna do? Brother Samuels, he said he's come. Brother Tingle, he's gonna wear down the patience of the saints. He's gonna wear you down. 
He's going to drag you down. Everywhere you turn, it's going to be something else, something else, something else. Me and Brother Cliff talking about today seems like every time you turn around, it's something else, and it's something else just trying to wear you down at the last of the last days. I'm gonna tell you something. Devil, I want you to know I'm hanging on. Devil, I want you to know I'm gonna make it. Devil, I want you to know I'm gonna fight the good fight of faith. I'm gonna lay hold on eternal life. We just get casual sometimes. Here, brother, Coda. Sometimes we just got to hang on. Hang on to me. Don't let me go. Sometimes the course of life, we just need to, we got to get serious about it, church. We got to get serious about it. How mean, how bad do you really want it? Let me go. I got no. I'm not letting go. Why? I got to be saved. I got to save my family. I got to see mom and dad saved. I got to see my brother saved. I got to see my sister. Why? Let me. I got to. Come on. Yeah. It needs to be a fight. We come in and we lay down and we say a little 30 second prayer at altar call. Brother Madeline, we come in, we hit a little five minutes on pre-service prayer and we think we've really locked the devil in the jaw. We think we've really done something, Elder. We pray four or five minutes of prayer in a week's time. We've really knocked the devil down and we've stumped only four or five times if we read our Bible two or three verses in a week. I'm gonna tell you something. Just like that man had, I'm not letting go. If I let go 200 mile an hour, over 4,000 feet, I'm not letting go. No, 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 why? Because if I let go, I'm gonna die. If I let go of the rung of this ladder of life, I'm gonna die. I'm not gonna let go. I'm holding on. You, I'm telling you, if you've ever had a spirit of holding on in your life, it needs to be now. If you ever had the spirit of uh, the old elder used to say, uh, if you ever had an old backbone like a saw log, uh, you need to have it now. Uh, you need to let the devil know, hey, devil, uh, I'm gonna be saved. Uh, I'm gonna save my family. I'm gonna save my boys. Uh, I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep I'm trying to come closer. I'm going to tell you something. Say, well, preacher, I prayed. I prayed. You know what we're missing in the day and hour? And it's across the land. Prayer. We're not praying anymore as apostolics. We're not praying anymore as apostolics we're bringing in this and we're and I'm, I'm, I'm not against some of the stuff man I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not but we're losing our crowds we're losing our people we're not putting the doctrine in them we're not preaching the word in them and so we get smoke and we have a little smoke and we do the flashing lights and man, we start changing everything to try to, to pacify the people. But I'm gonna tell you something. They didn't have lights and they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have all this thing on that day in the upper room. But I'll tell you what they had. They had prayer, Brother Tony. And they just kept praying. In one mind, in one accord, they prayed. They didn't flash lights and have smoke and, and do all this thing to try to pacify a crowd. But they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. Go home and read your Bibles. 
if you'll study it out, there was over 500 that originally gathered together. Uh, come on. But there was only, the Bible only says there was 120. Some of them was dropping like, well, they prayed. But I'm going to tell you something. There was 120, Brother Matherly, that said, you know what? We can't just pray, but we got to pray. We got to pray with fervency. That's why when Jesus looked at them, his disciples, uh, and he said, could you not just watch and pray? Can you not watch and pray? God help us today. Dropping like flies because we're not preaching the word of God. He said he chose the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. When they got a good red hot prayer meeting in that upper room, Brother DJ, that's when old Peter stood up like my boy quoted tonight, he began to preach the word to them. Because it's going to take that word that, to save them. I forgot. Elder Tingle, right here. Your daddy died believing this message. Just like my grandpa did. Elder Tingle, right underneath where I'm standing is my grandpa's Bible. One of my grandpa's Bibles that he preached out of, Elder. We wrapped it and put it in a Ziploc bag and we stuck it in the foundation. I measured it, me and my dad, we measured it out and it's exactly where you would stand to preach under that pulpit right there. And my dad says that if it ever comes that he starts deviating from the message that Grandpa Triplett put in him, he wants God to strike him dead right there. Say, Brother Caleb, how do you believe it? I believe it the same way. If you've got to do all this to try to keep them, you're not going to keep them. Live stream ain't going to keep your saints. I'm just being honest. What we're going to do it so they can they can see it? No. You're going to do it where they just want to stay at home and not come to church. Light show ain't going to save them. Smoke ain't going to save them. Tickling in their ears. Preaching ain't going to save them. You know what's going to save you? Number one, preaching prayer. But holding on to this message. coming to church and saying honey we got to be there early for pre-service prayer we can't miss it we got to be there early we got to pray that's what's going to keep us my dad raised three kids me and my two me and my brother and my sister my brother's in church today he's a preacher my sister's in church today active in the church I looked at my wife and I said, I gotta raise my kids exactly how my dad raised us. How was that? We didn't have Xboxes in the house. We didn't have Playstations in the house. Our family vacations was going to church. Dusty. Off nights was slipping down to Brother Chandler's, going to church, going to church with Brother Farmers, going to camp meeting, Brother Eddie Jones, Brother Couch, Brother Looper. 
we slipped off, did a little fishing, went down to Whippoorwill once a year, all the family. Pop Triplet would make us come back on Wednesday night for church. We had to drive back for church. But you know, I look back now, we're in the church. Boy, set up here. Brother Plapper texted me today. And I know, girls, we'll get y'all Sunday. I want to hear y'all quote too. I ain't taking it away from you, I promise you. Brother Plapper texted me today. My boy quoted 100 and some verses and quoted them at 100%. Not missed, not missed a word, not missed nothing. 100, 100 and some verses consistently. Boy, playing the keyboard, am I bragging? Yeah, I guess I am. Bragging on my dad. Because Brother Johnny done it right. When the trials of life and things, when I seen him come in and the thing that he loved the most and the place they loved the most. And he come in and he started walking around that old fireplace and saying, God, if I make it through this, it's going to be because you helped me. But Brother Donnie, being 17 years of age, leaving a place that I always knew, Brother Henry, not one, now have I ever heard one word of bitterness come out of my dad's mouth. Not one word of bitterness. Not one word of anything against anybody. And he'd tell me, he tells me, boy, don't let bitterness get a hold of you. It'll destroy you. Don't let it get a hold of you. I'd like to tell you today, sir, ma'am, young people, that life's going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be sunshine and clear skies always. But I'm going to tell you today, if you live long enough, it's going to be cloudy skies, storms and tornadoes and hurricanes and rough seas. White caps. There are going to be days when the door of the plane's been left open and you're sucked out. And it's them days and them times and them circumstances. How are you going to respond? Dad, Mom, you can say, oh, it's just, it's just Monday night prayer meeting. It's, it's just Wednesday night service. When them babies say, well, dad did it. You know why I'm here today? Brother Tony, you know why I'm here? Because my dad did it. You know why I'm here? Because my mom did it. When they walked out into that old garage, mile and a half down a dirt road, cleaned it all out and got the old tools out of there and we laid a little carpet and put out them old cheap Walmart chairs. Times is just six, seven, eight people in there worshiping God. They did it. They held on. And they didn't let go. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold on, Brother Tony. I'm going to hold on with everything that's in me. I'm not going to let go. Altar, altar call comes. I'm going to go pray. Prayer meeting comes. I'm going to go pray. Pre-service prayer. I'm going to pray. Church doors are open. I'm going. Why? Because we're living in the last days. This thing's wrapping up, church. You might think you have, you have all the days in the world till the rapture comes. You're not promised tomorrow. Are you going to hold on? Are you going to fight the good fight of faith? Because it just might be if you hold on and you look around, 
them kids are going to be holding on to. I want them to have to pry. He said, they fought with them swords, elder, to their hand. Just there. Just stuck there. I'm going to hold on to this word. My grandpa, and I'm closing. My grandpa, Samson, there wasn't a better man on the top side of this earth. When he passed away, we rolled them old covers back. <laughs> Nobody even knew it, but underneath them covers, laying beside him, he had that old black book. <laughs> and he had that hand, Brother Tony, we got pictures of it. And he had a grip on that word of God. <laughs> underneath them covers, that old black book. They had a Pull his hands off of that Bible. Pull that Bible out of his hands. Why? Because he was holding on, even unto death. He knew what was important, Brother Ryan. He knew what was going to keep him. It was this word. Some of us has let little trivial things, small things, starting to sow and creep and pry your fingers off of the ladder of life I'm going to tell you something you need to be like Jacob and say God I'm not letting go till I get what I need tonight these altars are open church are you going to hold on is it that important to you Say, so, oh, I'll get it Sunday, yeah. If you're here, till the storm if the Spirit's drawing you, you can hang on. But my Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now, at this moment, at this time, why you got a chance? Grab hold and don't let go.